This is Strange Assembly episode 214, Her Father's Daughter. I'm Chris Stevenson. Here with me today is Jay Earl. Hello. And you are listening to Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. I think Jay had planned some sort of attack on me for assuming that all Phoenix were interchangeable, but I think he's forgotten by now since like we're now three days later when we're trying to record this for the second time. Oh, that's right. I was going to point out how horribly clanist of a person you are that you can't distinguish between different Phoenix players. I expect better from you, Chris. Well, I I try. How about this? To try to make up for my clanist ways, I'm going to to bow to popular opinion and include another quote-unquote mini-rant in this episode slash social commentary. So, would that make up for it? Or does that just uh, make it worse? We'll, we'll see, you know. <laughs> we're we're going to judge you by the content of your character, not by the clan mon you wear. <laughs> so we are going to talk about three and a half things today, I guess. The first is the live stream that Fantasy Flight did uh, over a week ago now. The second will be my little exciting mini rant slash social commentary. Aren't you all so excited? And the third will be the Crane Fiction. The half will be the Crane Video. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, we could just knock that out right away because there's not really much to say about it. It's pretty. There, done. <laughs> yeah, there's a one-minute welcome to the Crane video. Clan video. It's the most ominous sounding I've ever heard the Crane. <laughs> You know, like the crane mon come down with the blood splatter slash ink splatter. Yeah, I'm like, uh, is this like a massive darkness Kickstarter video? I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it might be a Kickstarter video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't need them to start kickstarting L five R things too. I'm, I'm sure they're gonna suck enough money out of my pocket through uh, the normal distribution channels. Yes. I have wondered before if I could just, like, sign one of my paychecks over straight to FFG and just get things. Do, do you think they have that service? I suspect it depends on how much one of your paychecks is. <laughs> I mean, if you make it worth their while, I'm sure they can come up with something for you. But you'd, you'd probably be better off just buying it from your local store. Buying from FFG's store, I mean, right, like like most retailers, you know, they're they're going to charge you full price and an arm and a leg for chip shipping. Just right. just buy it at your FLGS. It, it'll be okay. That That's actually where you should set it up. You could, like... Right, sign it over straight to the local game store. Yeah, I like the way you think, and so does the local game store. <laughs> yes. Well, I would hope... I don't know. I mean, it's going to depend on your game store, but I would hope that at an FLGS, you would kind of like you, you can do it at a comic shop. You can kind of set up a subscription where they, you know, automatically pull... Maybe it's harder because Dynasty packs aren't expensive, but you know they're more expensive than a comic book. Well, doesn't uh, Team Covenant do that? You can sign up for LCG, and they'll send you every pack that comes out for it. They do, but that's not supporting your friendly local game store. So, right? No, I'm saying, see if you can get your friendly local game store to do the same thing. 
if nothing else, you know, your store should take pre-orders, so you can just pre-order all of them and then get That's charged true. when they come in. But That's true. Now I just have to pick which of the, like, 18 local game stores do I want to pre-order from. <laughs> that you will have to choose. I would say whichever one it is that you regularly play L5R at, but, you know, the game hasn't come out yet, so... Meeple's it is. Got it. <laughs> Hashtag subtle plug. <laughs> do you want to, like, give us that in Seattle, Renton? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's in West Seattle. West Seattle. There you go. I'm um at this point so 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 some programming note before we get into things. So as we are recording this, it's Saturday, May 20th. This was supposed to be recorded on Wednesday night and it started to be recorded on Wednesday night and then the power went out at my residence and so I was not going to try to restart recording at 1 in the morning or whenever the power came back on. Uh that what? that was Why just not? That was just not going to happen. Because it shows that I still have to go to work on Thursday morning. I'm sure your rant would have been much more entertaining at one in the morning. <laughs> I depends on your point of view, but there's there's a reason there's a reasonable chance that would be true for some portion of the audience. Yeah. This is our episode for like Crane Fiction Week, and then next week, or maybe this week, by the time you hear this, will be like Crane Mechanics Week. There will not be a an episode next week because. Literally in five days, a giant truck is coming to take all my stuff away and and haul it to somewhere in the vicinity of Washington, D.C. So there will be a little special something for you guys on the website at some time next week, but not an episode. And also, if you know you are someone who has a friendly local game store in the, the D.C. area, and, you know, is trying to start up L5R, feel free to, to email me, chris at strangeassembly.com. Although I don't yet know where in the D.C. area I'm going to be living, so that is may not be super helpful. All right, there's, there's, there's a big difference if you're, like, you know, east of the, east of the city in Maryland versus in, you know, right. Loudoun County or something. Uh, <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, is here in Seattle, there's, you know, like 30 different game stores, but... It's very different from, you know, I'm on the south side of the city. I see a tournament announcement. Oh, on the north side of the city. I'm probably not going to go to that. Yeah, yeah. See, like, I have to drive an hour to an hour and a half to get there. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. So then, let us go to our, what, our official first topic. The Fantasy Flight live stream. What did you think were the most notable takeaways from that? So I think what the one I'm most enthused about is they confirmed that every clan's clan champion is going to be in the base box. I'm especially curious if they're going to do the really crazy route and make Ujimitsu still be non-unique, which would be hilarious. I don't expect it, but admit it, it would be hilariously awesome if they actually went through with that. Hmm. That would be weird, given that it seems like having a name and being unique are the same thing. Well, yes, no, that's that's part of what would make it so amazingly hilarious that they actually went through with that. I am in no way expecting it. I would be shocked if they actually did it. But, oh man, if they actually went through with that, just like, yeah. So if someone is listening to this podcast and did not play Legend of the Five Rings in, like, Imperial Edition 20-something years ago... What's this thing with Ujimitsu and not being unique? So, the early L5R 
every so often, it was a small company, it was the beginning of the card gaming thing, mistakes would slip through. For instance, in Imperial Edition, uh, they had all of the clan champions. They were all unique, except Ujimitsu was non-unique. Also back in those days, John Wick, who was the, the writer of it, would often just roll with whatever it is. That's why we have the Horiuchi family, is he just rolled with it. But, so yeah, Shiba Ujimitsu was non-unique, and they were just like, yeah, that's because he's just all over the place. He's everywhere. He's just so cool. He's just hanging out all over the, all over uh, Rakugan, because he's not unique, yeah. <laughs> yes, and, and you referenced the Horiuchi, so the unicorn have an Yuchi family. At some point in time, they printed a character and accidentally put Horiuchi as the family name, and thus an entirely new family was born, until they finally just decided to get rid of them later. Right. They got that high goblin. <laughs> so, I guess the biggest takeaway from me was that there is a story prize at Gen Con. Yep. That's the most noteworthy thing. Uh, so at Gen Con, you can, on Thursday at Gen Con, you can play in the sort of pre-release-ish tournament where it's more expensive, but you it comes with the core set. And then on Friday, you can play in the, you know, tournament tournament with top 16 or something like that playing on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And there will be some sort of story prize. Although, I mean, the way it was phrased almost made it sound like it might not be the winner specifically who gets a story prize, but like there's some decision made by some group of people. I, I mean, my rank speculation would be top of clans, or I could be reading way too much into the precise phraseology that was being used. Yeah, don't worry, Chris. The FMG has not yet had a time to understand you got to lock down that phrasing on the story prize, lest the, the cat in that fiction is going to be the Emerald Champion. Well... On the bright side, they, they didn't actually officially announce what the prize would be, so they don't. there is no official language of any sort whatsoever. And honestly, FFG has made great strides simply by making this hard distinction between named characters and just generic people. They're not going to have to be this whole, like, who can you choose or not? Like, can you choose random Joe Bob, whatever? Like, that, there would just, like, even if they say nothing, there would, and they do these sort of uh, story prize where you name a character, right? it's automatically probably going to just be limited to people with names. Also, I suspect that FFG is going to be much more willing to look at a prize winner and say, that's stupid. No? (laughs) Sure, but, I mean, Doji Fumio has a name right now, so... (laughs) I want her for Master of Fire. Give me my story prize. No. That's (laughs) stupid. See how easy that was? (laughs) people like you who give us stories about elephants elephant is so boring cat cat is where it's at then why aren't you a lion clan player Uh, they have actual cats that fight for them had we don't know if they still do that's true and it probably would not be the end of the world if they didn't that never really made a lot of sense no yeah (laughs) Let's see, something else that I I thought was noteworthy out of the live stream was the influence mechanic. We got a new wrinkle to it, which is that you can only pull cards from one other clan. 
You can't just like pick the best of the best from three different clans to round out your deck. You have to pick. It's like you're really picking one other clan and and allying with them. A Game of Thrones and Conquest, their alliance mechanics required you to pick one other team to 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 buddy up with. Yeah, uh, and so does this as well. Let's see. We we learned something about fate economy. Like it sounds like there are not. There just are not going to be cards like bring this out, get plus one fate a turn. Right. That fate economy will be things like events that put fate on personalities, or the holding we already saw that reduced the cost of of the first event that you played each turn. Now, now it's your turn to pick one, Jay. Trying to remember what was covered in that that we haven't already talked about tonight. There's way too many things, honestly, but most of them are pretty small. Yeah. There's a mulligan. You will get a mulligan for both decks, and what, however the mulligan exactly works, it will be a card-by-card mulligan, so maybe instead of throwing back your whole, hand, your whole hand, you get to pick like the two cards you don't want and throw those back and then draw two new ones. There apparently will not be a big bad in the story to begin with. It will be focused on inter-clan fighting. I don't know how long, you know, to begin with, if that just means in the core box, or it'll be, you know, a good year before they, or longer before they start in with some extra threatening thing. Right. Have the champions show up or anything, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have the the rollout we mentioned earlier, right? It's Crane, this was, there was Crane Fiction Week. There's going to be Crane Mechanics Week, so we're going to, alternate with these these two expands where in the first week there's a fiction about the clan and in the second week there is a mechanical article about the clan and that i believe that takes us to gen con that 14 weeks from that and then it's gen con so (laughs) there will be new l5r authors there will be returning l5r authors and let's see, there were a couple extremely trivial, if you're like a rules lawyer here. If you have a dash and a skill, that means that it can never increase, right? It's it's worse than a zero. If you have a dash in political, you just can never, ever, ever help in a political contest. We learned the extremely trivial point that if you somehow get in a conflict despite having a dash, then you get kicked back out. Bowed, I believe. Well, I mean... Haven't we already seen a Phoenix thing that can change from politics to military? So it's not like it's impossible to do. It is not. And then the other one is the the what is is uh what is the status of the ring that you're fighting about? It is a contested ring, which means it is neither unclaimed nor claimed. Which is relevant for those dragon characters, right? If you I think it has to go on an unclaimed ring, so you cannot put a fate on the ring you're currently fighting over. Uh, you have to put it on something that your opponent then, if they have any more attacks this turn, has the option to take the fate. I think that's all that they disclosed, unless you count it as a disclosure that dueling clearly still has a thematic disconnect. Won't it always? Well, if if you remember, I I like the the honor bidding thing for cards because that's a much more pulled back concept where it, it kind of meshes right if you if you are honorable if you are more honorable that can put you in something of a straight jacket as what as far as what your options are if you're willing to just throw your honor to the wind you have more options that kind of lines up with you know having more cards 
it's a little bit weirder in a duel. It's not that you can't do dishonorable things in a duel, right? You mean, you can do blatantly dishonorable stuff like poison your blade, or throw sand in your opponent's eyes, or... Pocket sand? What? Pocket sand? Is that a reference to something I'm not getting? Apparently, yeah. Okay. Yes, if you have any, uh, if you want to have any discussions about pocket sand, that's <laughs> j at strangeassembly.com. I'm going to stay out of that one. Probably for the best. Thanks. But for the dueling, it, it seemed kind of weird. Like, it's right, if you have even skill with someone else, then the way that that feels is, well, whoever's the most dishonorable whoever's willing to be more dishonorable is going to win the duel. Which is not really how you think of dueling as working. No. You have the two design mechanic development people, and then you have the story person, and there's the question about dueling during the live feed. And they're really mechanically talking about it entirely, the de- them as being the design folks, are, are really talking about it in terms of, like, I was willing to be more dishonorable than you. And... Katrina, the the story lead or the fiction, you know, the fiction head. It's not it's not a story team. You know, interjects in to say something about how oh well, it's not just about being dishonorable. There's a, but like if you're even skill with the other player mechanically, it's just whoever's going to be more dishonorable is going to win the duel. Yeah, which you know that it's not that you have to have. A you can you will never have right a some sort of perfect harmony between theme and mechanics. That's just not how it works. But still, there's a bit of a disconnect there. I'm just saying. Yeah. And no, that was not the mini rant. By the way, you still have to sit <laughs> through one of those. Do you think these are actually so? Like my thing about uh, Hataru Kachiko a couple of us ago is that is that actually is that a rant still? I I felt like I didn't really rant much anymore, and but then I had so, someone to assert- You want to do a rant on that too? I already kind of did one, didn't <laughs> I? Right? No, I don't know. Like, was that a rant? Rant? I thought it was more of a old man gripe or something. Back in my day. Back in my day, Strange Assembly had two-hour podcasts, and Chris <laughs> and Jay and Randy would complain about the Spider Clan for two hours straight. 30 people talking into one microphone. That is even further back in the day. <laughs> back in my day, Trevor was three counties away on the microphone. <laughs> well, I, I really need to make an episode zero for this show. <laughs> I mean, because I hope, I hope we don't sound anything now like we did back in episode one. Or for a good bit there early on. That's just... Yeah was not i don't know what can i say i thought that having one really nice mic on a table with people sitting around it was the sort of thing that would work (laughs) no i can't amplify trevor enough when we're all on one channel (laughs) and especially when i'm on the channel too yeah i i try to level it out folks but i am not a quiet person (laughs) i No, yeah, I loved in the latter days of that one microphone setup where we just started positioning the microphone right next to Trevor and you on the other side of the room, (laughs) and you would still have to boost Trevor. (laughs) 
was just we we did. Well, you had to do all these other things like put the mic on the table and then everyone has to back away from the table because if anybody nudges the table it really bonks into the into the mic and <laughs> Oh, thank you, Internet. So I don't normally go into like responding to a single person on the internet sort of things on the podcast because that's that's kind of a slippery slope right i i it's just not really healthy or entertaining probably if i just come on the show and argue with everyone who i think is wrong on the internet that's just we'll be here all millennia i know i mean like you just can't do that someone is wrong on the internet but sometimes I do indulge myself in some of these things, right? If you go back to episode 100, I I gave myself a little rant on, like, female characters in, like, toys and, like, gender segregation in, in toys. And if you listened a few episodes ago, yes, I, I did have my thing about Hitaru and Kachiko. And, but that, like, involved multiple people kind of slobbering, as well as the whole, like, pillow fight question in the, the FFG Reddit. So it... Like, it was multiple people, and it involved uh, someone from the company, too, in a way. Whereas this is, is not, but I actually had, I don't, you know, I, I had people ask me to do this. Yes, this is actually a social commentary slash rant you should do. So I'm going to do it, but I, I don't know that I really want this to be a regular sort of thing, right? This is not a politics podcast or something like that. But this is specifically about the game. So, there's a card, Otomo Courtier. Uh, it reuses art from AEG. And the image is a... It's actually a Crane Courtier, the actual image, but now it's being used for Otomo Courtier. And she's holding up some sort of writ or document in the, you know, in her left hand, and it's mostly a close-up of her face. And because the, the reason we're talking about this is because the comment is then is based on her appearance, but I'd say she looks like I don't know Lucy Lawless. I think that someone made that comparison. I think it's a fair one. So if you want to, you know, if you haven't pulled up the card, and an individual posted the, uh, so I'm just going to read the quote. So how to put this in a non-offensive way? Well, I'll just be blunt and hope I don't offend anyone. This courtier looks particularly manly. Is there a story there? I mean, it's just that all the other females on cards I've seen so far for the game could be runway models. This card just doesn't fit that theme for me. I'm not saying all women need to look like models, just that this is a bit strange to me in this context. I think I'll just shut up before I dig a hole deeper. So, the first thing is that I I would note on the old AEG boards, this would get you a warning for what they call a mea culpa, where you, like, start off by saying something, and, like, you preface it by saying, I know I shouldn't say this. But then you do it anyway. So I won't. (laughs) So that, like, like, let it be a warning sign just in general. If if you feel the need to preface your statements by saying, like, this might offend people, then, well, maybe, maybe you shouldn't say it. Maybe. But this may offend people, you know, that I'm okay with. It's the, I probably shouldn't say this, but... Because I think it's okay to say things that are offensive. Sometimes, you know, sometimes offensive things need to be said to actually get any attention and, and get a get a resolution to the offensive thing. Well, and there's different kinds and levels of offense, for lack of a better word. There's like... Also true, yeah. 
th- things that are pointless and offensive just to be offensive, and there are things that are unintentionally offensive, and there are things that are offensive in that someone chooses to be offended by them, but they're kind of being unreasonable in being offended by them. And, you know, there's it's not like there's an objective line to be drawn between all of these things. But my problem with this is that someone basically looked at this card and said, I don't think this female character looks feminine enough and does not look like a runway model. And therefore, this was worth creating a thread about. Right. And his later defense was that is essentially, oh, but I'm I'm not, I don't care that she doesn't look like a runway model. I'm not saying she needs to look like a runway model. I just thought that maybe there was some story there. I thought maybe it was a story prize or for some reason it had to be. The, the problem is that it still comes back to why, right? Yeah. Why did you think that there was something that needed to be explained? Because you looked at this female character and felt that she did not meet a particular appearance standard. And therefore felt it needed some explanation, right? There was no post about, well, this this Yasuki guy looks really old and frail. Samurai are supposed to be retired by this point. Why is this guy still around as a as a character card rather than, you know, off in a monastery somewhere? Let's write a post about that, what people think, right? No, that's not what comes up. Right. And as I was saying the other day, I think part of the annoying thing about this is there's a little grain of a good point there that he's gone the completely wrong way about of yeah why do 95 percent of the art here look like pinup models that's not yes kachiko's gonna look like a pinup model but random samurai co shouldn't i mean yeah yes that would be a different way to poach it ffg you have a stated goal of having diversity of appearances and ages and whatnot and yes you you can detract from that if you end up I, I honest to god could not tell you without I, I mean i guess i could go back and look and analyze it i have no idea what the overall attractiveness level of the, <laughs> yeah of the characters is I, but let's assume that he's right and that every single other female card depicted on a character or female character depicted on a card is looks like a runway model then yes then the question would be well like you said jay why is it that? Yeah, why? That why, why are why are not more people who are more plain looking represented? Yeah. yeah, I think that's an interesting point to make. Not why is this one not also a runway model? And so, I on the one hand, like right, I I acknowledge that this is a low level thing. We're talking about one person making a post on the internet, which was not at all well received. And we're also talking about a fictional character on a card game card that it is being judged in this way, not an actual person in real life whose own life is being directly affected by being judged in this way. But there is an overlap here between what we have in our game and what happens in in real life, right? This does matter in real life. So maybe, maybe... When you look at Legend of the Five Rings or other cards or other game things or other media or real life, but especially because we're talking about L5R when you're looking at L5R stuff, you know, consider the possibility that you the first criteria by which you judge a female character should not be her appearance. Anyhow. Fine. 
especially too, at, at some level, you're really just criticizing the artist involved and saying that they didn't do a good job more than anything else, which is wrong. This is really good looking art. I would not take that as a criticism of the artist unless you felt that the artist was trying to make the character look like a runway model and failed. Well, I mean, I, I thought that was part of his implication is, look, runway model, that's our standard. The artist, you're doing a bad job over here making a not runway our model. If you think that the artist was trying to make a runway model and you think the character does not look like a runway model, then that would be a failure of some sort on the part of the artist. Not, I have to admit, not one that I'm super concerned about, but, you know. Yeah. You know, I guess if you're hiring an artist, whatever it is that you are hiring the artist to do, you want them to be able to execute, even if it may not be the wisest. <laughs> so I, I don't really plan to have a lot of that sort of thing on there, but there it is for this episode. I'll give you my email address before and after later in any way, but feel free to email me, chris at strangeassembly.com, your hate mail or thank mail or whatever. <laughs> I'd make the joke about, like, if you loved it, send it to Chris. If you hated it, send it to Jay. But no, you should send it to me either way. I'm a big boy. Oh, I, can, I was uh... going to make that joke. <laughs> so, our third topic is the crane fiction. And the reason why we put the crane fiction at the end is because we are going to discuss the actual fiction. So, we may say things that are spoilers. In fact, we already have had a spoiler, except who cares? There's a cat in the fiction, if you didn't pick that up. So sorry. I feel horrible for spoiling that for you. For I know. Out there. I know. So huge plot important cat too is the thing. Yes. So <laughs> yes. Okay. Actually, spoiler alert: it's a scorpion cat that's infiltrating <gasps> the lion war cats. Bam! Oh. I've given it away. Okay. So if uh, you have not read the fiction, her uh, father's oh. daughter, and you don't want to know anything whatsoever about it until you read it, you should turn this off now. But if you uh, are okay with that, then we're just going to keep on talking. So what what did you, I guess, think about the, the plot of the fiction? I mean, feel free to perform some sort of literary analysis, but I'm personally not planning on yeah, getting into like a writing I'm not critique. I'm major. No, I, I am done with college. I don't need to. The, the drapes are blue because the author liked the color blue, not because they're depressed. I like the fiction. It had a couple little rough moments, but on the whole, I liked it. I mean, plot-wise, it it starts with a nice action scene of bandits are attacking a crane caravan, and first main characters fighting them off, and then, surprise, the clan champion's helping out. Spoiler alert, the clan champion is helping out to, to defend them off, and we get a nice view of the clan champion from the outside of what type of person she is. Then we jump to the caravans gotten to the Imperial city. And now we're now the current clan champion is the main character and she's meeting with uh, Doji Shizu, which did they change that? I didn't remember her being Hotori's sister. I thought she was just another Doji. I think, and I could be wrong, but I, I think that she was an adopted sibling, like she was a cousin or something right. like that, whose parents died and was yeah. adopted. Could be. Anyway, 
So the the new Korean champion comes and talks to Riso Espy's stand-in for a, for a while and gives us some nice background info dump and a cat while also uh, talking about flower arranging. And then Biyushi Kachiko shows up because, you know, we need some fan service at this point. And turns out that, well, yes, we we do have that relationship there as it was in the old storyline. I am still highly amused, highly amused about the Ikebana drop that was done in there where Kachiko subtly indicates secret love with Ikebana and that doesn't really come across as super subtle when because the author has to tell you that yeah. like I mean cuz cuz no one on earth is going to know they couldn't say you know yeah. he couldn't say like oh and then she touched a gardenia and the audience yeah. the readers are just going to know that gardenia means secret love no you have to say oh, and yeah. she touched the flower that means secret love <laughs> Chris, you I know you've also been at winter court there are at least four people that are way too obsessed with that that could have gotten understood just from that little drop what what was going on there. <laughs> at least four. Yeah, at least I, I paid half attention to that thread, and there were at least four of them debating it. <laughs> uh, yes, there 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 is there is some minuscule portion of the audience out here that who who may have actually gotten that. But no, that's yeah, that's one you have to actually just say because your otherwise your audience is never going to get it. No, my thoughts on this are is I, I guess a couple of axes. One is I'm I'm surprised by how many of the same characters there are. Yeah, there's a whole section of just name drops. Oh, hey, look, we we have in fact brought back all of these crane people. Yeah, Doji Quanon still there. Kakita Toshimoko still there. Yoritomo, he exists. Now, a number of yes. people immediately jump to the Mantis Clan exists, which it might well, but is not necessarily the case. And even if it exists, that doesn't mean it's going to have a plot that has much of anything to do with what it had in Clan War. Or it may, but all yeah. we know right now is there's a guy named Yoritomo who's a pirate. But yeah, so I, I guess I was surprised to see that many. Maybe I shouldn't be have been. You know, maybe I shouldn't have thought they were going to change it up more because you know, they can still be different, right? You know, you can, just because you have the same name doesn't mean you're going to tell the same stories with that person or that it's even, you, you know, or how much of them is even necessarily the same character. For example, here we have, we have a lot of the same names, but the plot is already different, right? Yeah. The the big plot point that has occurred in this is that Doji Satsume, the former Crane Champion and the Emerald Champion and the main character's father is dead. You know, likely a point the likely murder circumstances Ooh. yes yes the, the the leading the leading theory seeming to be that Bayushi Kachiko's brother killed him with poison right. well i mean yes the leading cause of mysterious deaths is scorpion <laughs> yes. and that's already different because in the uh, in classic l5r timeline doji satsume does not die until after the scorpion clan coup right Although you do still have the, I think we've already seen more explanation of the fact that Setsumi kind of drove his wife to commit suicide. That was something that was present in old L5R, but I don't ever remember it being a focus like that. Yeah, I think it was a lot subtler. Like, you could read between the lines and see it, but it was never like, oh yeah, totally. And then the other thing is the yeah, the, the Kachiko ship Hitaru thing, which I, is kind of un 
fortunate for me in that I right the last mini rant we talked about this last mini rant I'm like I read I do which was something like I'm all for having more queer characters and you know their existences represented in fictions but you know we don't need fanboys slobbering over the ooh the <laughs> yeah. girls getting together and so we have that and it, it's <laughs> so I I mean ultimately I'm glad that we at least have it because we've also now have we've now had explicit confirmation now that AEG no longer has all five R we've we've had explicit confirmation from people who used to work with AEG of things of something that had been bandied about as a rumor before which was that AEG had literally like there was just a standing order effectively that you were not allowed to have any non hetero stuff in a story ever it's good to see that but yeah it's it is introducing characters it is setting up plot i mean the main character it's introducing is the crane clan champion i would not be surprised if the main character of most of these fictions is the clan champion that is you know that's the most visible person in any of the clans it's somebody who you absolutely know is going to have a card right from the get-go in the core set they are presumably going to have made an effort to make those cards flashy that doesn't necessarily mean overpowered but you know attention getting yeah and so that is right you want to you want people to be get familiar with from a marketing perspective right you want people to get familiar with the character think the character is cool in the fiction and then see the card and be like wow she's awesome yeah i don't know i do i do i need to like do i need to uh to change up the what clan am i quiz to give more weight if you pick i have a question there that's uh what other okay so everybody has a katana what's your clan's favorite weapon other than that and there's one answer that's yari and you know and there's you know spears there's actually several clans that that applies to should i like change the weighting of that so if you pick that now it's just crane since we've had the whole fiction with the crane champion using the the naganata well as long as crane is get some points out of that i don't think that yeah i don't think crane have the lock in just yet you get like full points towards crane Full points towards Phoenix, and like half points towards Lion, I think is how I have that set up right now. Because the Lion, like, used by, is it Menhari Gata? It's the, it's basically a trident. Yes. But But that's a much less iconic, like, noteworthy thing for them than Shiba and Daidoji using spears. The important question, though, is how many points for Gryffindor? (laughs) <laughs> it depends on how much you want it when they put the sorting hat on you. Okay. All right, so Jay, so we've we've kind of wrapped up what I had budgeted for discussion for this episode. Was there anything else you wanted to make sure that we covered about the goings-on in L5R or elsewhere? I feel like you're prodding me for something, but I can't think of it if you are. No, no, no. I was just okay. checking to see if you had... I guess we could point out that Noon on May 28th is when you can first sign up for Legend of the Five Ring stuff or any other. Uh, one o'clock on May 28th. That's when all of you guys can go and sign up. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. 1210. 1210. Yeah. We'll be good by. <laughs> it will, yeah, it'll be, be processed by, by then. then. Just... <laughs> 1210 p.m. Sunday, May 28th. <laughs> bang, bang. Yeah. Okay, you have been listening to Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. 
You can subscribe to the podcast there or wherever you got this episode. You can find us on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash strangeassembly or follow us on Twitter at strangeassembly.com. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, I always like to hear from the audience and you can send me emails. I'm chris at strangeassembly.com. But until then, for Jay Earl, I'm Chris Stevenson and this is Strange Assembly. Never stop gaming. This friction had was about the crane champion and had the pet, the, the crane pet cat. So next week, are we going to get the crab champion and the pet crab pet Nazumi?